the best time of the day show. In a previous podcast, I've actually uh, outlined the fact that uh, 40-something years ago, I was a terrible blues harmonica player, and more recently have taken it up again, which shows that the passage of time have not improved the playing whatsoever. If anything, I have got slightly, if not considerably, worse. Now, when you learn to play an instrument, you have particular artist you really like and you idolize and to me there was a guy called Sonny Terry blind Sonny Terry and he was absolutely fantastic check him out on YouTube check out his records this sort of thing and he had a long-standing duo with a guy called Brownie McGee and they used to do colleges and things like that they would tour regularly from America came over from America and by the time they'd been together for about 30 or 40 years and by the time I saw them they hated one another because uh, Brownie McGee still drank heavily but uh, Sonny Terry had given it up so he was fed up with hearing the same old stories etc time and time again but you know obviously for reasons for e- economy uh, economics they actually still toured and also the audience loved them and they were doing a college tour in the 70s and I was part of a duo we were uh, <laughs> when you think about it risible actually the two two pimply uh, 20 something uh middle-class white boys attempting to be elderly black musicians me and my mate andy we were lester and lockwood and we used to do sort of floor spots in folk clubs and things like that and the occasional gig under our you know and get sort of five pounds between us or something like that and uh sonny terry and brandon mcgee were appearing and thought right fair enough we've got to go and see them and uh, so we saw them once they were at birmingham university and they were appearing like warwick university the following night and so he went off there and i thought right it's no good it's i'm total fanboy here i have got to uh, i've got to meet them i really have because they are my idols they really you know it's uh, people going crazy for cheryl or something like that but you know for me it was the same with sonny terry and brown mcgee they were just wonderful and i can listen to their records and they still make me weep now they're wonderful and so therefore after the gig we smuggled our way i don't know how we did into the dressing room and andy made a beeline for brownie mcgee who was sitting on one the guitarist who was sitting on one side of the dressing room not talking to sonny terry who was sitting on the other side who i made a beeline for now blind sonny terry the clue is in the name there i had my program with me i bought a program and i wanted him to sign it and i went mr terry said mr terry said will you please sign my program will you please 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 and he went sure thing that was oh god he's blind of course he is was he, how's he going to sign it he said uh, hang on a second son and he reached into his pocket and he put out pulled out a rubber stamp which had his signature on and he spat on it and he said show me where boy and i pressed his hand onto the program which i think i've still lost unfortunately damn it and it thank you thank you so much thank you thank you thank you so much you know and you think right at that point you'll ask someone who is your your instrumental idol and you, you there's me trying to play the harmonica and this guy was just you know fantastic the most amazing player thinking right okay shall I, uh, what do i ask him and i would ask him uh, he's going to give me some words of advice Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I shook him warmly by the hand, to which he uttered the immortal words, Ow, mind my arthritis, man. It's amazing who you meet just by working with people or in the street, casual conversation, this sort of thing. I worked with someone at the BBC years ago who uh, last heard of, I think, was living in Italy or somewhere like that. And uh, she, well, she had appetites. To put it mildly, um, not that she was interested in me, but she had she had appetites, and uh, she was a modern woman. So therefore, if she wanted something or somebody, she would go 
and get them, which is fair enough. You know, I think that's absolutely fine. Um, and uh, so she would. And uh, she was telling me on occasion that she, she had a boyfriend at a point who was a plumber. And uh, she was a journalist. And they had obviously a meeting of minds and other things as well. And she wanted him and obviously he wanted her. But, you know, if you have busy lives. Could be that the plumber was also married. I'm not 100% sure about that. So therefore, what do you do? Very simple. You go to the nearest motorway service station. Okay. She in her car and him in his van. And then what do you do? Would you meet and have a burger or something like that? No. You get in the back of the van and you go at it hammer and tongs until it's time for you to go your separate ways. So I just have this wonderful vision of sort of Clackett Lane services. There's this, you know, Bill's plumbing or whatever, rattle his van rattling backwards and forwards with screams and gasps of ecstasy and the sound of taps and other bits of piping falling down inside and people wondering what's going on in there. Because if they listen very carefully and think, hmm, that could be, hmm... Um, a sexual contract taking place in there is either that or someone is being held hostage against their will so i don't know i never did find out whether or not uh you know you you used to see those signs don't come and knock in if this van is rocking whether anybody actually had the temerity to knock on the door and go cooey are you all right in there now the joy of a crackpot idea is that it actually isn't a crackpot idea if you think about it long and hard enough. I'm not a very sporty person, so I don't really know about the beautiful game football, right? It seems there's an awful lot of shouting, and no one seems to be very happy. A friend of mine, for instance, is a, a whole city supporter, and he's a proper football supporter, right? He supports them through thick and thin. He's supported them since he was a child. And he's a season ticket holder, and he goes to every single home or away game and i'll phone him up and say how are you he says oh dreadful why what happened well hull city were playing in sort of portsmouth or whatever got in the car drove all the way there from hull watched them lose and drove all the way back again i said you know what you're not enjoying your life are you he said no you just don't understand football you just don't understand football i said oh, okay fair enough so i started thinking not knowing about football really how it could be improved so I thought, to make it more exciting, maybe there, there's not enough action going on. Because he's either going from one end to the other. So I thought, why not make it three teams on a triangular pitch? OK, so it's a bit like Star Trek's three-dimensional chess, isn't it? Chess could be boring, three-dimensional chess. Now, that's a real mind fuck, that is, isn't it? So here we go with tri-team football. And I put it out to you, and you came back, because you know about football. You came out with some brilliant ideas. And uh, we even had the... I, I've forgotten what they are now, unfortunately, but the actual positions. I know there was right wedge and left wedge were two of the... Uh, uh, two. Of the, I'm sure we called the goalkeeper custodian, like they used to back in the Victorian days or whatever. But the other thing about it was great eight men per or women per per team triangular pitch three goals and because it's triangular i gather there's no need for the offside rule which of course foxes are, and i think that the offside rule puts a lot of people off because if that sort of you're trying to bluff your way in football in the pub when there's something going on and uh, you don't know the offside rule, you'll be looked down upon by the rather hearty people shouting yes at the screen for no apparent reason thinking they can't hear you they're miles away yes and uh, so the idea is you've got the three teams, eight members each, three goals, no offside rule, and, and this is the marketing strategy, this is why it's only a matter of time before Old Trafford or even Wembley, for instance, is a triangular pitch, because it's all about money, football these days, isn't it? If you've got three teams, you need to have two away strips. 
So therefore, you can sell the the, the, the the club shop will be selling two away strips every season, as well as the home strip. So every little kid that wants to go as a mascot is going to have to have three sets of uh, of soccer strips. So therefore, they'll make an absolute fortune. And so far, it's sort of fallen on deaf ears, but I think it's only a matter of time before. Though I did actually notice someone actually emailed me something uh, some time ago saying that they'd seen some mention of the idea of having uh, three teams on the pitch at once. But I don't think it was as well thought through as tr- I even had the name, Tri-Team Football. You know, it's the way forward, believe me. The best time of the day show is back Monday. Please, please stay. Best time of the day show is a loading zone production. La di da.